Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. We're back on the air talking sports, NFL, MLB, and NBA. I want to thank you for tuning in on this lovely Tuesday night here from Central Texas. And our call-in number is 347-945-7975. This is the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show, and I am your host, Motormouth Mosley. Let's catch up with some NBA action first. Uh, got a game going on right now. Got the Clippers and the OKC Thunder late in the third quarter. Clippers are up by five. That series is, I believe, notched at two games apiece. Uh, probably go seven more than likely. A uh, real quick catch up on what else is going on in the NBA. Washington Wizards knocked off the Indiana, Indiana Indianapolis Pacers, one hundred two to seventy nine. They now take a Three to two lead in that series. Then he has a three to two lead in that series. That game six will be tomorrow night in the Midwest in Oak in Indianapolis. And as we said earlier, the uh, LA Clippers series right now is tied at two games apiece. We get back on action again tomorrow night with Brooklyn at Miami. Miami has a commanding three to one lead in that series based on based on uh, LeBron James' 49 points last night. And then we've got Portland at San Antonio. San Antonio leads that series also, three games to one. More than likely, both of those games, those series will be over with uh, tomorrow night. And uh, those two will wait on the victors of these two series tonight uh, for the conference championships. As I said, you are now listening to the Motorhouse Mosley Radio Show. I believe I got my friend Eugene the stat machine from lovely Virginia on the line. Is that you, Eugene? Hello, Eugene. Is that you? Okay, I don't seem to have a connection with Eugene. doesn't seem that he's on the air. And we've also got Dr. Mario, who has logged in. So we'll be talking some draft action, some NBA action. Uh, we'll hopefully get uh, some more call-ins. Uh, I'd like to find out what's going on with uh, my caller on line one. Not sure what's going on with him. But I did want to go over some NBF, NBA, NFL draft information. Uh, of course, me being back in the heart of Texas and being a longtime Dallas Cowboy fan, uh, I am back uh, doing what I do best, watching high school football in the great state of Texas. But I want to touch on the Dallas Cowboy draft as normal. Uh, hopefully Dr. Mario will uh, log in with some of his words of wisdom. Type in in, uh, in our chat. You can either call us at 347-945-7975 or you can reach us via the Blog Talk Radio website. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mosley. 
And you can also listen to our episodes archived at any time on that site or on iTunes. They're available for podcasts. A couple of things that happened in the draft over the weekend that to me were kind of shocking. Um, You didn't have a running back get drafted until late in the second round, which is pretty odd for the NFL because running backs, at least quality running backs, are at a premium. And we thought that we had some quality running backs available, but teams definitely seemed to avoid them. You didn't have a running back drafted until pick number 57, and that was Carlos Hyde, a running back out of Ohio State. Kind of a shock to me that he went that late. You also had Trey Mason from Auburn getting picked. Bishop Sankey, who was a very good running back uh, out of uh, Washington. And then the NCAA leader in in Division I rushing yards, Andre Williams. Absolute shock that those guys didn't go earlier. Like I said, uh, Hyde finally was the 57th pick. By that time, by the 57th pick in the draft, eight wide receivers had already been drafted. Four quarterbacks four tight ends, and nine offensive linemen had already gone in the draft before uh, that pick was made. Of all the running backs that were taken, uh, a personal note, running back Lake Seastrunk out of Baylor University and Temple High here, my hometown, went in the seventh round, was the 14th running back to get drafted, uh, and went to uh, sixth round, excuse me, and went to the Washington Redskins, <clears throat> excuse me, which means one thing and one thing only, and that is that I'll be a Lake Seastrunk fan 14 weeks out of, out of the season, but those two against the Cowboys, sorry, Lake, I'm against you. Also, uh, just another note, as for my hometown here in Temple, Texas, not only did Lake Seastrunk get drafted, but also Tevin Reese, who was a a wide receiver at Baylor and at Temple High, and both were teammates of my nephew. He got drafted in the seventh round by San Diego. And rumor has it that Odell Beckham, the star wide receiver out of LSU, has roots here in Temple, but I don't really know how or who or uh, what the connection is, but all I know is that it says that he was born in New Orleans, went to LSU, and prepped in Louisiana. So, uh, I'm kind of having a hard time finding information of how he's connected. But in either case, uh, all of those guys have supposedly Temple connections and want to wish them the best in their NFL careers. Did want to touch on the Raiders a little bit before I really dwell into the Dallas Cowboys and what's going on. You have uh, the two top two picks for the Raiders I thought were excellent choices. Uh, at number three, they picked... Khalil Mack, linebacker out of Buffalo, who some people will question, you know, uh, the competition, but I don't. And um, David Carr, excuse me, Derek Carr, quarterback out of Fresno. I think those are great fits for the Raiders. Uh, I know that's Dr. Mario's uh, favorite team. Uh, He hasn't really made any statements, but I definitely want to – I would predict that he's pretty happy about those picks. And if he has the courage to come on and talk, of course, he can give me a little bit more insight as to uh, his feelings on on their draft pick. Um, A lot of players who get drafted in the seventh round 
at times, it may be better for them not to even get drafted. That way they can go as free agents to teams that have a need for their skill more than some other team. If the team already has a star running back or a star safety or has very good depth already on certain teams, you may want to go to a team where maybe the competition isn't as high and you have more of a likelihood to making the squad. One such player uh, who was drafted by the Cowboys in the seventh round is Ahmad Dixon. He played safety at Baylor, but he's a hitter. He's a thumper. He's aggressive. He's got a couple of penalties for, you know, uh, you know those, those things that used to be tackles that are now penalties in the NFL and in college football. Well, Ahmad Dixon is a, is a hitter. So uh, he has a very good opportunity to not only make the team, but within a year or so he has an opportunity to take over the starting free safety position. Now, he played a little bit more of a strong safety in college, but he does have some ball hawking skills. I believe he had four interceptions. And um, we'll see how well he fits into the mode because he'll be competing uh, for that starting safety position next to Barry Church. He'll be competing against uh, Heath. Jeff Heath, I think is his name, and uh, J.J. Wilcox, a second or third-year player, and a second-year player, and then Matt Johnson, who's a third-year player, be going into his third year, who has never seen any playing time in the two years he's been with the Cowboys. So it's a great opportunity for Ahmad Dixon to join the squad, make the team, and make an impression, a big-time impression, on uh, – Jason Garrett, Marinelli, the whole team, and possibly uh, become a phenom at safety. Um, looks like I've got a couple of comments. Hey, looks like Coach Howard is online. Welcome to the party, Coach Howard. Coach Howard is a longtime uh, frequent guest on the show, great commentator, and uh, absolutely some fantastic information and insight when he does call in. Right now he's having a conversation with Dr. Mario. Anybody who, who knows me, uh, knows me well at all, knows that uh, I lived in Hawaii for a few years, and both Mario and Howard, also known as um, Howie Maui, and, uh, they're both my dear friends from the islands. Uh, one still lives on the island, the other lives in California right now. Uh, in fact, he may have moved back to Hawaii by now. It's been a couple of weeks since I spoke to him. But those are two of my good friends from the islands. Hopefully they'll uh, join in the conversation instead of just giving each other salutations and greetings uh, via chat. Uh, but I'm definitely glad that they're here and online. I believe we've got another guest online, too. And it looks like it might be. I'm not sure where the 972 area code is. But I'm trying to figure that out real quick. Uh, it could be my cousin, another guest who sometimes calls in. But in either case, uh, since they're not going to call in and discuss anything, they're just going to go back and forth, I did want to go down the list and talk about uh, my Dallas Cowboy draft picks. Uh, I had said that this show would be a – uh, overview of the draft of the Cowboys for the most part. Uh, we will touch on uh, some things that aren't Cowboy, uh, much like you know, the Johnny Mandel situation. But I wanted to do a breakdown on the Dallas Cowboys, of the draft picks, and kind of where they fit, or my opinion of where they fit, uh, and the opportunities to make the team. 
You had in the first round, you have Zach Martin, an offensive tackle out of Notre Dame pick. Everybody who knows me knows how much I can't stand in the University of Neuter and Dumb. But if this guy can come in, take one of the starting uh, inside guard positions, they're talking maybe down the line in a year or two he might move outside and play tackle. But right now they're talking about him playing at guard. So he'll probably knock out Bernardo, McKenzie Bernardo, and he'll be the right starting guard, which gives us a solid line. And uh, so he's definitely probably going to make the team more than likely start be plugged in immediately as a starter, which was a need pick for Dallas. It just wasn't one of the dire needs for the, for the Cowboys. At number two, in the second round, they picked uh, defensive end slash outside linebacker Demarcus Lawrence out of Boise State. question about him was level of competition that he faced while in college, but skill set, it was a steal to get him in the second round. Definitely see him moving in to replacing Demarcus Ware, uh, so we lost D-Ware, and we're going to pick up D-Law. Uh, he will be uh, a fixture on the other side of the line, playing outside linebacker probably. Uh, at number three, we picked up a linebacker out of Iowa, uh, inside linebacker named Anthony Hitchens. They're plugging him in probably as Sean Lee's backup. Now, the bad thing about – well, the, the bad thing or good thing, depending upon how you look at it, with being Sean Lee's backup is that – you may not get a lot of playing time early, but if the last few seasons are any indication, he more than likely won't last the whole season. He'll probably get hurt, so his backup will get a lot of playing time. Bishop has a big body. Uh, you've heard me complain over the years that Sean Lee doesn't hit. He grabs. He tackles, but he gets pulled down. I don't think he's a thumper or a stopper on the inside. This guy Hitchens will lay some hat on you. So I'm definitely looking forward to some big hits out of him. They may plug him up, uh, plug him outside too. He may play some outside linebacker, but more than likely he'll be a fixture inside, and uh, ideally in the future he'll probably be the new Dallas Cowboy inside linebacker uh, for years to come, especially if Sean Lee's body doesn't hold up. I actually have said this before that I would rather see Sean Lee move and play outside just for question of durability and also because of how good he is in the pass game on defense. I would rather see Sean Lee move outside. So this ideally opens up for that to happen. Then at number four, Dallas picked Devin Street out of Pittsburgh. Wide receiver. Some people will say, well, Dallas really doesn't need a wide receiver. They're already getting rid of Miles Austin uh, in a couple of weeks, January 1st. They've got Dez Bryant. They've got Terrence Williams, uh, Dwayne Harris, Cole Beasley, well, this guy would make a good fifth wide receiver, and he actually has the skill set to probably be the number two if something happened to uh, either Brian or Williams. He's got the body to play the position. He's got good, great hands. He was very productive at Pitt. So another, not necessarily a need pick, but a, a good pick nonetheless, a value pick, I guess they would say. Then they picked up Ben Gardner out of Stanford, big body, should bang some heads, uh, should be some competition on the defensive front. Uh, out of Texas Tech, they picked up Will Smith in the sixth round, the 238th pick. Uh, he will be a backup to Bruce Carter and probably will push him pretty strong. Uh, guys like Holloman last year got playing time late in the year. Uh, the NFL is just such a collision league that it's hard to play all 17 weeks uh, through a season and, and, and play every down. So depth 
will be added more than likely. Will Smith's opportunity to make the team will be on how well he does on special teams uh, and, and, and on the practice uh, squad. Again, they also pick Ahmad Dixon, who I say has a very, very good opportunity to make the team as a seventh-round draft pick. A lot of times seventh-round draft picks really don't get a look, uh, really don't get the opportunity. But I think we may have found uh, somebody special in Ahmad Dixon. We'll see what happens and how well uh, he's able to step his game up and play on Sundays versus uh, what he did in college. Then you've got Terrence Mitchell, who's a cornerback out of Oregon. Uh, everybody knows about Oregon's speed throughout the team. Uh, another cornerback might be able to move in and get some special, uh, special teams reps. Going to be really hard to move in and knock out either one of the starters, although some of my diehard Dallas Cowboys fans and friends don't think very highly of Morris Claiborne. Um, maybe Mitchell has an opportunity to squeeze in that other corner position. Uh, I'm not so sure that he does. I think Claiborne and Carr are pretty solid there, uh, especially if we're able to get some pressure from our front seven that will uh, alleviate them having to cover for such long time spans and hopefully uh, be an impetus for improvement on the Dallas Cowboy defense. Uh, and then finally we got Keith Bishop, Defensive tackle out of northern Illinois, big body. They're going to use him probably as a one technique or a three technique, uh, depending upon if they bounce around from scheme to scheme. He has an opportunity to replace Jason Hatcher on that front four. And uh, uh, we also picked up Melton. So we're coming together kind of, sort of, as a team. I'm not real thrilled that we didn't get Johnny Manziel. I'm still going to harp on that. Again, folks, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. I'm not sure what Coach Howard and Coach uh, Mr. Mario were doing, but they're just kind of hanging out, not talking, listening to me run my mouth. No, I would rather talk to them than talk to myself. But in either case, um, as I said, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. The phone number is 347-945-7975. You're more than welcome to call in, join the conversation. I do have a caller on one line, but he's not talking. Caller, are you there? Hello. I guess he's just listening. I do believe that it's my good friend Eugene, uh, the, the, the stat machine out of Virginia, big-time Cowboy fan, was going to call in with his take on uh, the draft, uh, not just the Cowboys, but overall. I know that Coach Howard is a huge uh, Seahawks fan, he and his lovely wife, Krista, they had a great year last year, and I actually had to give them their props for being not only present-day Seahawks fan, but long-time Seahawks fan, because everybody hopped on the bandwagon over the last year, year and a half, but I got to admit that they were there for a long time, at least Krista was. Howard used to be a San Diego Charger fan, and then he liked uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars helmet, so He's a little bit more flaky than the rest of us. Of course, we know that I'm true and true Dallas Cowboys. Mario's true and true uh, Raiders, except for when they moved down to L.A. Uh, speaking of L.A., I, and since the Clippers game is now going into the fourth quarter, it's 86-80 Clippers over the Thunder. Uh, as much of you have already probably found out or discussed or been hit over the head with this whole Donald Sterling uh, comment, 
San Diego Clippers owner. I'm getting sick and tired of it. Never really wanted to get into it a lot. Uh, they had Magic Johnson on Anderson Cooper today to kind of give his response to Sterling's appearance last night on Anderson Cooper 360. The guy's a bigot. He doesn't belong owning a team. Nothing that he said last night made him look anything less, anything closer to being human than I thought he wasn't before. Uh, He's got Hitler-type traits. Uh, I'm not a fan of people like him uh, who think the way they think. Um, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. I thought Magic's response tonight were measured, were uh, well-spoken and stated, but very direct uh, and to the point. So I, I... Really want to don't want to beat that dead horse anymore. Um, sick of it. The NBA has to find a way to get rid of him. Or I I, I see the players stepping up next year and saying point blank, uh, we will not play on this team and we will not go and play against that team. I know that that's kind of a far fetched, far reaching idea. But not only Donald Sterling doesn't need to be a part of the NBA, but his wife doesn't need to be. His family doesn't need to be. Uh, they need to sever ties completely uh, from that entire situation. Uh, as Forrest Gump would say, uh, that's all I got to say about that. So, um, again, we're just sitting here talking sports, looking at basketball, baseball. There's not a whole lot going on in baseball right now because, like I said, I, I, I repeatedly say this, with 162 games in the baseball schedule per season, don't expect me to talk about baseball a lot during the year. You know, last couple of months we'll start talking more baseball, but actually by then football will be kicked in so we really won't care a whole lot. But I want to give most sports their fair opportunity and uh, did want to give a couple of shout-outs before we close out tonight's show. Uh, Temple High's 4x4, 4x200-meter relay team ran in the state finals last weekend, came up short, but I uh, definitely want to give respect to them, uh, the four young men from Temple High School who went in with the second fastest time in the state and uh, just, uh, you know, for whatever reason, didn't, weren't able to be successful that, that evening. They uh, disqualified, I believe, and uh, uh, probably was a handoff situation, the exchange. But uh, definitely want to give them a props for having a great season, great athletes, and I believe everybody but one, uh, we'll be returning next year, so looking forward to that. And we are in the midst of, uh, in the state of Texas, we're in the midst of high school football, spring football practices. I'm having a blast going out watching these young men, very respectful young men. Um, here I am walking on the field in the middle of the practices, and these young men are saying, yes, sir, no, sir. They don't know me from Adam, but they're very respectful. So I want to give a shout-out to Coach Spradlin for – his uh, excellent job of uh, uh, not only instilling uh, the values that are valuable for football players, but the values that are valuable for life for these young men. Also want to give a quick uh, note. Uh, Last weekend, Temple High lost one of their star athletes, one of their star people, one of their star pupils. They lost a young lady by the name of Kimmy Longbottom, uh, she was the star catcher for the Temple High softball team. 
I didn't know her personally. I happened to go to a softball game about four weeks ago, and I got to watch her play. She was excellent behind the plate and a great hitter. Uh, but from what I have been told and what I've heard, her athletic abilities uh, far away pales compared to the kind of person that she was as a young lady and as a student. So I want to send my condolences out to her family. Uh, may God wrap them and comfort them during this time. Uh, it's always tough to see a young child uh, leave too soon, but she left a legacy uh, that my understanding uh, is impeccable, and she will be missed by many of the students at Temple High and the lives that she touched. And then the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show just wanted to send out a kind word and say thank you, Kimmy, for what you blessed that school, this world with. You've been listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. want to thank you for your time. Listen to me run my mouth. I will be back on the air this weekend, probably Friday night, maybe Saturday night. I will send out my notices on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for logging in. Thank you for joining. You two guys that logged on and didn't talk, next time I see you, I'm busting you both upside the head. And caller on line one, I'm sorry we couldn't get a better connection. I don't know if you just wanted to call and listen, but I definitely wanted to say thank you for calling. And wait a minute, that's my friend in Dallas. I just recognized I just recognized the number. That's my caller friend in Dallas. I want to thank you for listening in also, and she is a budding golf star, so be prepared, LPGA. She'll be on the tour real soon, uh, bringing back pride to the LPGA to America. Folks, thank you again for listening to the Motor Mouth Radio Show. Have a great evening. Good night and aloha.